friends, and welcome to the Cultivating Calmness podcast. Today, I want to talk about um, National Childhood Grief Awareness Month, and that is for the month of November. This month and this Awareness Month uh, is important to me because I fall into the category, or I did fall into the category of somebody who was a bereaved child um, at some point uh, earlier in my life. And we define a bereaved child as someone who has experienced the loss of a parent or sibling before the age of 18. Um, And so, children can grieve many losses but when we specifically talk about children's grief and bereavement in relate uh, related to like national statistics and things of that nature that's what we're really talking about is when a child has had the death of a parent or a sibling occur before the age of 18 when they are still considered a minor child so um, I want to talk a little bit today about some statistics and about the um, kind of flip the script um, advocacy that is happening through the National Alliance for Grieving, uh, Children's Grief, excuse me, National Alliance for Children's Grief, and that is what we are advocating for here in the month of November. So I'll talk a little bit about that and how we are flipping the script. Before, before I get to that, just want to share a little bit about statistics, things you may not know. And so for this month, um, some topics that I want to cover will be related to children's grief, and to start it off uh, today, we'll just be on some statistics and ways we can flip that script as in the ways that we can change the way we talk to children or people in general about grief how we respond to their grief in a better way um, to help them be able to process their grief and to help them feel more at ease and more at home and more supported Um, but before we get there uh, I just want to talk about some of those statistics so um, through the NACG's website, there are statistics and they link to other pages that have resources. And so that's where I got some of these numbers that I'm going to share with you today. Uh, so for the year 2021, now remember this was during the midst of the pandemic. And so this would include any of those losses that children may have experienced during that time. Um, So in the year 2021, there were 1,192 newly bereaved children per day um, in the United States. So that's 1,192 children, newly bereaved children per day in the year 2021. And again, newly bereaved would be children who have lost a parent or sibling uh, before the age of 18. So um, I thought I had the national statistics here written down, but maybe I don't. I did write down for the state of Ohio because that's where I live, state of Ohio. Ohio ranks 10th out of all 50 states. We rank 10th for the most bereaved children uh, in the United States. So that means um, one out of 10 children in the state of Ohio. um, So these are projections, I guess I should preface that. For the year 2023, uh, these numbers here are projections for the year 2023. And these came out in June of this year. So uh, one in 10 children in the state of Ohio will lose a parent or sibling by the age of 18 this year. That equals out to about 261,000 children 
for 10.1% of children um, this year in the state of Ohio will lose a parent or sibling and be considered a bereaved child. Um, the national rate is 8.3. So we are above that. Ohio is above the national rate of 8.3. Um, and I believe when I looked at the statistics, it was the state of West Virginia that ranked the highest and it was something along the lines of six point something percent. Um, no, sorry, 13, I think percent. And then Minnesota was six point something percent and they were the lowest state. So they were 50th and West Virginia was the first. And so if you're watching this, I have a little printout. If not, you can find this online through a few clicks um, or actually it would be um, through a few clicks. You can find it on the NACG.org website um, or you can go to Judy's house, J-U-D-I-S house, H-O-U-S-E dot org slash research dash tools backslash or forward slash, excuse me, C-B-E-M forward slash. Um, and that's what these, this data is from the C-B-E-M, the Childhood Bereavement Estimation Model. So this picture here is a picture of the United States. It's all in green. The darker color green are the states that have the most bereaved or more, uh, more pop higher population of bereaved children, and the lighter colored states are those with the smaller um, numbers. Um, so that's just a visual. And so if you go to that website that I just said, you can, it's an interactive map. So you can click on your state and you can see more statistics based on your state specifically uh, and find out where you stand and get some resources for that. So I like statistics. I think that they can be helpful. I like learning about it and knowing the numbers um, as far as learning statistics and knowing how to do it. I do not personally enjoy statistics. It was not my favorite subject uh, in school. So don't ask me how to do statistics, but um, I can try to understand them. <laughs> um, so as far as those things are concerned, you know, when we talk about childhood bereavement, what we're looking for is support. Okay. So these um, CBM uh, models and estimations, these numbers uh, allude to like and tell us what can happen if we don't support children uh, who are grieving. And so this often relates back to the ACEs study, the Adverse Childhood Experiences Scale um, that I've talked about previously. I think I've talked about it in a previous podcast, but that is related to trauma that children experience in their life. And it talks about uh, if a child experiences, the more adverse events a child experiences in their life, the more likely they are to experience adverse health effects in their life later on in life. And childhood bereavement or death of a parent or sibling would be considered one of those adverse events that a child um, has. So when we are trying to support a child and try to have better outcomes, we're doing this because if we don't, um, it can disrupt, it can disrupt their development in many ways. Um, you know, their, their, not only their mental health, but their physical health. Uh, it can affect the way they have healthy relationships that could be romantic relationships or peer relationships, relationships with adults, their academic, um, the, it can affect their academics, how well they do in school, it can affect their self-esteem, 
their you whether they have early mortality um, again that's related to their health and it can cause them to have a reduced uh, ability to be resilient um, so ways we can support children would be uh, to have a supportive community you know a community can mean anything and it's a community that the child is within and so we all are part of lots of communities you know you have your uh, family community you have your neighborhood your school your church your county your state all of these things are different levels of community that you may experience and in within those you may have pockets of different communities and so we just want a supportive um, environment for a child that is willing to be there for them in whatever way possible. Um, you know, we want them to have supportive role models, whoever that may be. If it's the remaining parent, if it's other adults in their life, if it's uh, supportive teachers or educators, those are other important steps. If you have uh, educated educators that know uh, what to do with children in their classrooms who are um, grieving. And I don't think I said it earlier. Um, so like, for example, in the state of Ohio, one in 10 children. So if you're a teacher and you have a, a 20 person, you know, 20 kids in your class, two of your students are grieving. Two of them have lost a parent or a sibling, potentially. Um, and if you, know, you don't know what to do to support them or what that looks like and what their behaviors look like, you know, you could be uh, responding to them in a way that's not very supportive and not very helpful to their needs. And that's not, you know, because you don't care. It's just because you don't know, you don't know what they're going through and what ways to be a support to them so that they can be successful. Same as what we would do for a child, um, you know, who has an IEP for a learning disability. You know, when somebody is grieving, they can appear to have learning disabilities or, or struggles because their mind is focused elsewhere. Um, we want them to have healthy coping skills and peer support. So being able to put them in programs, you know, there are a lot of, um, you know, in the state of Ohio, I wouldn't say there's a lot. Um, and I'm, I'm located in Dublin and the Columbus, you know, metropolitan area. And we have, um, some local agencies that offer groups, uh, and things like that. And there are lots of individual counselors out there. Not everybody is really schooled in grief specifically. Um, and so that can't, you know, it, it kind of goes down, you know, the more specific niche you have in therapy, the less maybe uh, therapists there are out there that can support those specific needs. And so grief is one of those where um, it's not as big of a topic area that everybody, you know, everybody's able to cover, whereas like anxiety is a fairly common one that many people can cover. Um, so grief is one of those that maybe, um, you know, it, there are groups, I would get children into groups, um, I personally, you know, we attended a program here in Columbus, which still exists called Stepping Stones. Um, and I do remember the fun things that we did. So this was over 20 years ago. Um, and I still recall the activities that we did. I still have some of those things or my dad does. Um, and they definitely helped myself and my siblings and my cousins to process that loss that um, my, we all experienced of my mom. Um, and so to get to flipping the script, so flipping the script, and you'll hear more about this. And if you follow me on social media, you'll see some of my posts throughout the, throughout the month about how we can flip the script. So what can you say 
instead of those things we usually say. Um, I'm going to give you a few examples of those things right now, and then um, we can follow up on some of those here uh, on my social media posts and in follow-up later on uh, podcasts. So, um, we're coming up on the holidays. So example, the holidays must be so hard for you. Might be something we might say to somebody who's grieving, you know, yeah, it is really hard. But instead of saying that, we may say something like this, you know, I'm happy to see you. I know the holidays can be so hard after someone dies. Um, and so it's just acknowledging that we know that their person has died and that it is hard, but we don't, um, we don't want to assume. So I know that they can be hard, um, but I'm not going to assume that it is hard for you. Um, the big one, big one that most people say, including myself, I've been guilty of saying this and we want to just try to work on saying something a little different, a little more supportive. I'm sorry for your loss. Um, we often don't know how to respond to that. You know, somebody who is grieving, they say, I'm sorry for your loss. Like, thanks. You know, what about saying something like, I know there are no words to make it better. Just know that I'm here and I want to support you however I can. There you go. And that person maybe then has the opportunity to, to tell you how you can support them. Um, another example might be, I completely understand what you're going through. Do you really completely understand what somebody is going through? Do we ever completely understand what somebody is going through? No, we don't. We cannot actually be in their shoes and know exactly what they're going through. We can imagine, and that's what empathy and compassion are. We can imagine what somebody is going through. Um, and so telling somebody that you know exactly what they're going through can be hard to hear as well, um, because we know that you don't. So something you can say instead would be that, you know, grief is different for everyone. Um, what has it been like for you? Asking them the question instead of making the assumption. Other things that we might hear after it's been maybe a while or it's been too long might be like, shouldn't you be over this by now? Or haven't you moved on yet? Or something along those lines. Um, that, you know, is difficult to hear because everybody grieves at their own pace and in their own way. And so another a way to be more supportive, even though you may not agree for whatever reason that their grief should be, should be taking this long, you might say something like, uh, it looks like your grief is maybe feeling a little extra heavy right now. You're just noticing, noticing that their grief is feeling heavy. Um, and you don't have to judge that by adding that there should be a timeline to their grief, uh, offering how you could support them. Instead of saying something like, how are you? You can say, it's nice to see you. How is your day going? So being a little more specific about something versus like a broad general statement of like, how are you? Um, oftentimes we just respond with things like, I'm fine, good, even though maybe we're the furthest thing from fine or good. Um, saying things like, you must be fill in the blank with an emotion. Um, you saying something along the lines of, I don't know what you're feeling, but I want to listen if you'd like to share. So don't assume what somebody is feeling just because you think it must be hard for them or they appear to be sad or stressed or angry or whatever. Um, asking them how they're feeling, asking them, giving them the opportunity to share if they want to. So there's no pressure. I'm here. I'm here to listen if you need to. And if you don't, that's okay too. Um, instead of tell me how your person died or tell me about that, you know, you can say, tell me about them. Don't 
force them to tell you about how they died and the worst part of this experience. Ask them to share the good things about their person, the things that they want to share about their person. And maybe down, you know, along the lines, they would be more open to sharing how their person died and share more of that experience that's more personal with you. Um, if you first share that you want to be open with them and you want to hear them and you are there to support them. So those are just a few ways that we can flip the script on grief and the way we talk about it and support children or anyone in the grieving process. So I hope you will join me this month for National Children's Grief Awareness Month and we will talk more about other things related to this topic as we go throughout the month. I hope you have a wonderful, uh, wonderful day and can't wait to talk to you again soon.